0: The Trail Bride, Chapter 6 You have lost the trail. The fire caught quickly. It spiraled and unfurled in the circle of stones between them as they stared at each other in silence. Solo hadn't shut his mouth yet. You did, he said quietly, and her throat tightened. She hardened her jaw to look up at him. You didn't give me a counter-offer. You merely told me the circumstances under which I could return with one. I I do not trust bartering with you when it is myself I must offer. Solo took off his gloves, holding them in his hands, fiddling with them, pointedly not even able to look at her. You weren't sure between the two of us. I remember that clearly from when you asked. He seemed... stunned and angry. Her cheeks flushed red with her own anger in response. If I would rather be married to him, why would I go to you in the first place? Did that sting to admit? He was always the better option. Quieter than Huck's, a good driver, handy with livestock, he had more oxen. But voicing her preference felt foolish now when it was wasted, when he didn't understand it. She couldn't hide her her pride as easy, easily as she'd like to she felt like a little girl giving a boy a bouquet of flowers that promptly got stepped on she had gone to him already desperate and ashamed and he had asked her to crawl on her belly to prove it such things to any reasonable person did not need to be proven he stared down at her for a long time There was a span of about thirty seconds where the sun finally vanished behind the hills, and the chill entered her body the minute the shadow overtook it. He was in the dark much deeper than she was, standing that far away from her. Then why aren't we having a much different conversation right now? Ray refused Huck's. Why wasn't she flying into his arms? His tone was so controlled, quiet and not demanding an answer, because he clearly felt she shouldn't give an an, she couldn't give a good enough one. She poked the cooking fire instead of looking at him. I do not like being toyed with is unbecoming of a husband. She'd heard that phrase, unbecoming of a wife, tossed around many times in her day, often toward herself. It was actually a rush to pepper it into a criticism of a man. Liberating. So the sentiment was loaded with a meanness that he did not entirely deserve yet. We can't all try marriage out a second time around to know these things. He deserved it. Her chest shuddered hands pressed into the ground. She tilted her face down and away from him because it was swimming with pulsing blood. Everything, in grief, felt swollen. Her head felt heavy, skin about to burst right off the bones, and her eyes bubbled with tears she did not want him to see. Which was ridiculous. Anyone could tell by her breathing what what her reaction was to this. She maintained no mystery. Only solitude and emotions that she did not choose to share. This was her first fight she'd ever had where she ever ever felt like the wheels were turning, not helplessly sliding underneath her. Most of the time, she knew her plan of attack didn't let it slip her defenses. We cannot afford a new buggy. We will get one in the summer with the harvest yields. I have checked and I'm not selling my locket just so you can... This fight. Everything poured out of her exactly as she was thinking it. It scared the life out of her that he seemed similarly unable to control himself. But the only thing in life that mattered to her was her ability to control herself. When she looked at him now, she did not recognize herself. And she did not like herself very much. Sitting in the dirt dirt, trying to explain, to justify to this man that she felt better off alone. It had been easy with Hux, but now the rashness of her hurt pride flickered between them. She sat back when she realized she was, in fact, sitting too close to her cooking fire. Sparks had burned through her sleeve. If I have to vow to obey you, I'm going to consider whatever could happen to me through those vows very seriously before I enter into them. He looked to her shot. Regretful. His answer came out in a dry, confused whisper. I wouldn't ask you to. It's part of the vow. She glared up at him, and whether I meant it or not, how you treated me before I was your property was telling enough. How could I respond to the coyness of your actions with anything but doubt? Sliding to up to ask to be asked. How it was. I was going about my own damn business. She stood up, her hands balled into fist. Her voice lashed out, sharp and striking in its chosen mark. He flinched as she intended before she even finished the first sentence. I wasn't offering you to make me an offer. I was offering. His mouth closed. But then he walked straight up to her. He hovered his flat, wide hand inches in front of her face, between her eyes, so she couldn't see him standing there directly in front of her. She swallowed, her heart pounding. This was the part where she usually closed her eyes. She knew people were around, and she could yell, but she held her tongue. She did not know, need to be known for provoking two men on this day. Ray forced herself to keep her eyes open. "'his palms hovering flat in front of the bridge of her nose. "'Not poised to strike. "'This is the range of the vision of a horse.' "'She craned her head back, but his the hand followed, "'never touching her but making his point. "'What?' "'He looked an- his angriest now over the structure of the horse's skull, "'which her own head noticeably did not have.' He explained very clearly, in a voice of someone finally cracking open, how entirely livid they were. Their eyes have placed, uh, are placed toward the sides of their heads. They can't see it as well straight ahead like we do. This is what their eyes can perceive in front of their own faces. When you put an animal like that behind something, that making constant noise, not enough lead line, they get anxious. It's acting that way for a reason. You're torturing it. She blinked at him. Of all the goddamn things she had to worry about, he was going to give a hard, her a hard time about this? I don't know why you think you can lecture me because when you treat something badly, it's going to act badly for you. What the hell do you expect from that animal? Anima, bless, rest his soul, no disrespect. His tone completely implied otherwise. Striking him, rode him too hard, didn't care for him properly. No wonder he bucked. She held up a hand to warn him to stop. The glare he gave her showed he did it with significant, effective control of himself, showing off like he himself was chomping at the bit underneath his own strength, master and rider of his own will. She was envious for a second, relieved for a second longer that she could not bear it. Don't pretend to have a soft heart about this. Ray couldn't look at him. Her fists were clenched so tight she was shaking. So the man perceived those things as wrong when they were done to a horse. She bucked the thought off just as violently as the stallion did her husband. For the first time, reluctantly, she felt kinship with it. "'You treated me badly,' she continued coolly, and saying it out loud to someone, Anyone, for the first time in her life, made her gut twist. Even her tone couldn't hide the offense she had plainly taken. Her whole body absorbed the motion of her trembling hands. Her chin, held high, quivered. Her legs shook, and her voice was quiet, even when she wanted to shout. I'm a person! She choked out in her quiet anger. I'm not a goddamn horse, and when he... Solo's eyes flew wide open, not missing her meaning even unsaid for a second. Rafe froze like a rabbit caught unaware in the tall grass by something with sharp teeth. She had hoped she had not been offering herself to a fool before. Ben Solo was not a fool right now. He understood her meaning immediately. He knew Nima did not treat his property well. But he had made so thorough a point of why her husband deserved to be thrown from the horse he mistreated that he had quickly passed the point she had been making about him preferring a horse's well-being to her own. Through his eyes, she saw what he, he that found it now and was horrified. She saw things, everything, differently than he did, like everything lurked behind a hand before her own eyes. His entire body not softened. He bent his knee to try and catch her eyes, but she was already turning away. Mrs. Nima. She waved him off as she went to the jockey box beside her wagon away from the stallion to pull her one stew pod down so she could finally eat when she got through the next task, cooking for herself alone. I need to make it west. My fear that I wouldn't... made me weak and foolish. We were never meant to see each other again after this journey, Mr. Solo. I'm sorry that I ever tried to change that. I... She had shut him out, and they both seemed to be taking that moment of dizzy relief in the shelter from the momentous bullet they'd just dodged. God, I love these 2 Bye buh-bye.